calendar, it's just one of 365. A doobie. Weed, pot, the Mary Jane. Mary Jane, marijuana, pot. For some, today, 420 ranks high on their list. The 420 Club. Plain and simply an homage to cannabis. You smoke weed? You guys smoke weed? Cannabis is legal in this state. What state are we in? A state of confusion. Are you guys high? You guys are high. Who? Us? The whole show. Fire it up, fire. It's showtime. Fox 4 and KCMS film critic talking 50 years of hip-hop in Kansas City. Got an event taking place kicking off Juneteenth. Just a few months from now, Sean Edwards gonna break it all down. I loved this episode so much. I'm excited for you to hear this one. After that, we wrap with a beat. A cold, hard beat courtesy of the street beast himself, DJ Diehard McLean Johnson, back on your KC Morning Show. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do, Kansas City. Back in your feeds tomorrow, a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Absolutely. It's because of you. That's what you do. We'll see ya in the morning. A little pitchy. Finally, the Rock has come back to Kansas City. They love the Rock in KC. The KC Morning Show. Back on your KC Morning Show, the return of the Mac. That's what this is. And on June 2nd, we are kicking off the 50th anniversary, my friends, a celebration of hip-hop in Kansas City on the 2nd. Friday, June 2nd, a night with Sean Edwards and Don Juan. We're going to be explaining how hip-hop has advanced the culture in Kansas City. My brother, welcome back. What's up, man? It's always good to be back on your show. People might get confused because normally when I jump on, I'm talking about movies, but I'm actually going back to my origins. We're talking music today. Let's talk about that, man, because I was reading the event press release, and I love when it (laughs) goes through memory lane on Sean Edwards' resume, because you realize that this dude has done everything. Let me get the prequel story to Sean Edwards. The prequel goes like this. I started my professional career as a writer, as a journalist, and I covered the music industry. So a little Black history involved with this. I was the first black staff writer at the Pitch Weekly back in the day, and I became the first black editor at the Pitch Weekly. It's hard to believe, like, when you do first, and it's in the 90s. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) normally, like, I was the first black person to do this, and it's like Martin Luther King in 1956 or something like that. No, this is like last week. Basically. (laughs) Yes, I was the first black writer at the Pitch, man. I worked there full time, man. So, um... And one of the things I did was I wrote about music because back in the day, 
all the new music would come on CDs with a press release wrapped around a CD and a rubber band. Record labels would send thousands and thousands of, of CDs to the pitch because they knew the pitch covered arts and entertainment. And so as a music writer, there was a big box of CDs and you go in and grab whatever new release you wanted to review. And back then, nobody was grabbing the hip hop stuff because they didn't have no black kids working for the publication anyway. So, you know, I went in, man, as this young trailblazer was scooping up all the hip hop CDs and started writing hip hop reviews and hip hop stories. And when people would come to town, would do interviews and talk about their concerts and performances. And you know, I covered local, national, international. It was a great gig. And that gig led to me becoming a freelance writer for the Source magazine, Double XL magazine, and Vibe magazine. Yeah. And if you know anything, yeah, if you know anything about those national hip hop magazines, they were like the Bible. I mean, a review in the Source was everything because you know the rating scale was based on one through five mics, and that magazine, yo, it was no joke. Those reviews would literally make or break an album release Absolutely. like to the point to where you know i actually wrote a couple of reviews that weren't that great about a couple of releases and you know people would call me and i even had my life threatened a couple of times by national hip-hop artists i won't name any names yo no it's true stuff this is the real deal man you know because writing for the source was huge and you know when you were getting an assignment for a story say for instance you know one time i had to write a story on jay-z and back then they give you Jay's number like, and you have a direct line to Jay-Z and because you with the source that pick up the phone and answer, you know, when I was trying to call Jay-Z when I was at the pitch, they'd be like, the pitch? Huh? What? You know, you get to run around. But when you with the source and they're like, yo, I need you to write a story on Jay-Z. I need you to write a story on Dr. Dre. I need you to write a story on Diddy. You literally have their number, you know, on the Blackberry, you text, you know, Jay, this is Sean at the source. I need to holler at you on the story I'm working on. They would hit right back. That was the power and the magnitude of the source back then was, you know, all these magazines were based in New York and, you know, they send you out on tour. You know, I, I hung out on the tour bus with Lil Wayne before he became Lil Wayne when he was like 13 years old, man. And I'm just riding around on the tour bus for a whole month, just capturing the environment and the atmosphere and go back home and write the story. You know, it was, that's, that's how it was back then. It was cool stuff. So I was definitely entrenched in hip hop. I was born into hip hop. I grew up hip hop. I love hip hop to death. That's why I wanted to write about it. I knew I wasn't going to be a rapper. I don't have them kind of skills, but I knew I wanted to be involved with it some kind of way. So I, I did it, you know, as a writer. And because of that, I was able to cover large chunks of what happened here in Kansas City in terms of the hip hop community and actually got a chance to document it. Because my time as a writer, I think I wrote about every local hip hop artist there were in Kansas City, including Tech 9 including the Popper, like all these guys, Devious Minds, covered all these different movements, like the Basement Chemist had this whole movement going on. You had Flavor Pack, they had a whole movement going on. I, I covered all of that from A to Z. So now I just, I wanna share my experiences. Hip Hop turns 50 this year on August 11th. And so, you know, we wanna talk about what that culture meant to Kansas City and how it impacted the Fountain City. From Jump Street until now, what makes the Kansas City hip-hop sound unique? What do you think? You know what? I'm going to say this for the record. There is no specific sort of unique Kansas City sound when it comes to hip-hop. There have been a lot of different variations of that sound presented by a lot of different artists. I will say, though, Kansas City, in terms of a style, leans more toward the West Coast and specifically more prominently the Bay, 
which includes Oakland, San Francisco area of Northern California. And the reason why is specifically tied into the drug trade and the crack epidemic of the mid 80s. Kansas City sort of became a central hub for drug trafficking. And a lot of gangbangers from the West Coast migrated to Kansas City to distribute crack cocaine. You know, you had the influence of the Bloods and you had the influence of the Crips. So the type of music they listened to sort of migrated to Kansas City and had more of an influence than the East Coast sound because you also had a lot of drug dealers that were going out to California and coming back to Kansas City. And when they went out to California, they discovered the types and styles of music that they were listening to. They would tape songs off the radio that were being played out in California. They would go to the clubs and parties that were in California. So they brought that music and that style back to Kansas City. And that's why Kansas City's sound typically leans more toward the West Coast. Everybody talks about how jazz is integral to Kansas City. It's integral to music at large, just pop culture. Why do you think so often Kansas City is missed when you talk about the foundations, the origin stories of hip hop? Why do you think Kansas City has been forgotten? Well, I think Kansas City is not really mentioned at the same levels of a New York, a L.A., an Atlanta, a Houston, a Detroit, a Chicago, a Philadelphia, because we just haven't made that big of a national impact. Now, back in the day, the reason why Kansas City is known for jazz is because Charlie Parker and Count Basie and Lester Young and Mary Lou Williams they all made an impact nationally. You had all these other jazz artists in the country and around the world sort of like worshiping these artists and copying their styles and really paying attention to what they were doing because they were huge trendsetters in the world of jazz. And that same thing hasn't quite happened in Kansas City. We've had artists who have found success, but they just haven't made the same impact that those jazz legends did nationally, internationally. Over the last 50 years, Sean Edwards, some of the biggest headlines in hip hop in Kansas City, you probably covered most of them. As you go down memory lane, what pops out? What sticks out to you? I think the thing that sticks out that doesn't get talked about a lot is the first Kansas City rapper to really make a national splash, you know, make some noise internationally, you know, was a woman. It was Soleil in 1999 and 2000. I, she, she had legitimate billboard hits her music videos were being played on mtv and bet and you know she was young she was hot she was sexy she had skills she had a feature on a jt money song i mean she blew up she, she was actually selling she was making an impact people knew who she was and, and she had all this success even before strange music was even founded and created that first big hitter out of Kansas City have to be credited to Soleil. And yeah, I did the cover story on Soleil for the pitch. The massive 10,000 word cover story with a gang of photos and interviews with her and her mom and her friends and all that. And I will have to say, if you look it up, if you Google it, that's the sexiest pitch weekly cover ever. <laughs> Not even close. But no, she found success way before Tech 9. Around 1999 is when she exploded. All right, Sean, so what's the vibe going to be on June 2nd? Friday, June 2nd, we're kicking off 50 years of hip-hop in KC. Oh, the vibe's going to be cool. So we're going to have DJ Rock. He's going to be in the house. We're going to have like a little reception where he's playing nothing but classic Kansas City tracks through the years, through the 50 years. Yeah, so that's going to be a nice little introduction to the history of Kansas City hip-hop. That starts at 6 p.m. Then at 7 p.m., myself, Don Juan, one of the most iconic hip-hop producers 
out of Kansas City, responsible for a lot of Tech Nine's early hits. He's done stuff with E40 and a bunch of others, but he's been definitely entrenched in the Kansas City hip hop scene. Both he and I are going to sit down and we're, we're just going to have a conversation about when we first discovered hip hop, when we first fell in love with hip hop, you know, what went down, you know, in Kansas City in terms of the hip hop scene. We're going to talk about the artists, the rappers, the DJs, the graffiti artists, the break dancers. We're going to talk about the clubs where people went to hear hip hop. We're going to talk about how radio stations here in Kansas City were slow to embrace hip hop. We're going to talk about all the historical moments, the benchmarks, you know, the rappers who made it, the rappers who didn't, the rappers who shoulda, the rappers who coulda. We're just going to break it all down, and it's hosted by a YouTube star, Kimology. So she's going to be the host, moderator, and we're just going to talk about you know, what hip-hop meant to us and how it impacted the city of Kansas City with an uncut conversation, unfiltered, nothing but the truth. We're going to keep it really, really real. It's not a kid show. Please don't bring the kiddos. <laughs> Free drinks, a little bit of food, some other special treats. That's a Juneteenth festivity, Sean Edwards. Yeah, first Friday, June 2nd, is kicking off the annual Juneteenth KC celebration. The event is completely 100% free. And then after we finish having our conversation, we're going to open up the Q&A. So if you have any questions about what the hip hop scene was like in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000, 2010s, and right now, we're going to answer those questions because we lived it, man. Through it all, man. I, I was on the tour buses. I was at the concerts. I produced some of the shows. A lot of people don't realize I produced Tech Nine's first ever show, you know, so... We're going to talk about the backstage shenanigans. It's a great story, man. We just want to talk about Kansas City's history because it needs to be documented. It needs to be archived. But more importantly, the story just needs to be told. And who better to tell it than myself and Don Juan because we were right there every step of the way. The benefit of being an OG. Like the one benefit of being old, man. It's the one benefit of being old. <laughs> There's not a lot of benefits to being old, but the one benefit to being old is you live through the history. We celebrating 50 years of hip hop and we get to tell the story. And it's time for you to cash in on those benefits. And you're right. It's everything you said. And it's also a celebration. It's a party, baby. People who really, really know me, they know I, I love the party. And this event's cool. It's free. Just go to JuneteenthKC.com. That's JuneteenthKC.com. You got to register. It's kind of like protocol. But even if you just show up, it ain't like we're not going to let you in. Because <laughs> we want a bunch of people at 2000 Vine on Friday, June 2nd, so we can talk about this glorious thing called hip-hop. That's exactly. Like, hip-hop saved wait. my life, man. Hip-hop paid my bills, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hip-hop paid for my first house, man. Hip-hop's my life, man. I know people associate me with movies. But hip-hop's my life, man. I spent a lot of money on D-batteries. Can we have you back on before the show? Can we have you back on and you can tell us some of your favorite KC hip-hop artists and we just play some of the tracks? Let's do that. Absolutely. Let's do that. Let's yeah. definitely, man. I want to dig in the crates with you. We're going to definitely dig in the crates, man. We got to do that. Book it. Digging in the yo, KC yo. crates. Digging oh, in the KC it. crates, baby. Digging in the KC crates, baby. Yo, who that all brand nigga trying to hang with the click? Flogging like you came with the click, but would you bang with the click if it was thick? Or do you just ride dick? Go play, I don't know you nigga, tell me who you with. If you ain't with the squad, you bound to get stars. Sucker boys running mouth, real niggas running yard round. Here we blow trees, don't fuck with OBs. You dick 
huh? Tryna in my for sure. Ay, 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 Represent the zone, bunch of fly ass bitches When we ride it's on, see them niggas all pause Dropping digital phones, asking me where you from Cause they want to clone niggas Them lines, they spit, they want my shit But game be whack, I turn my back Then hit it, you licking it, sticking it Tell all your friends that you dicking it When you know you get this, hot five shit Nigga, you sick this, say who that? Who that? No chance, blue that When you said that you wrote this, have red zone niggas on blows to this bitch Don't you deny nigga, don't even try nigga Trying to get up in my crew. I'm considered legendary up in this motherfucker. Veteran in this game and still bringing ruckus. Never had no time for tricks or no busters. I only fuck with that real, I got no love for suckers. Only tiny ass niggas be wanting to wear my shoes. Ain't got the slightest of clues or either fake the dudes. Then these hoes going crazy about Jay, baby. The way you show me your love is by the way you pay me. My game room being closed, so stay up out of mind. Just know I keep niggas up and crump like by the line. Motherfuckers be all up in a nigga beard. Trying to question my shit, this is like a pop quiz. Nigga, what this is? Aight. KC Morning Show, it's the one, the only, DJ Diehard, a.k.a. The Street Beast here, and I'm going to throw down on some blazing indie vibes, some newer tracks, some older tracks, all blazing vibes. And if you enjoy this mix, as always, check me out, facebook.com slash DJ Diehard and soundcloud.com slash DJ Diehard.
show is brought to you by 420. It used to be about smoking a joint in your parents' basement, hoping they wouldn't come down the stairs. Now it's about taking an edible for your back pain, so you can actually walk up the stairs. Happy 420! 